Welcome to the Christian Youth Camp Podcast. At Camp Chioka, it has been our mission for over 50 years to lead campers into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. These conversations share the heart of our camp family in efforts to lead us all into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Hi friends, today I had the honor of talking with Chris Howard, also known as Two Mama. She has been a camper since Camp Shioka opened in 1967, and this is where she met her husband, whose parents actually donated the land to make camp possible. She has served in countless positions, but today we will be talking about timeless relationships, whether those are friends from camp or generations of family, and she'll just share her wisdom as to maintaining relationships and loving people intentionally. As related to personal growth, she will talk about the joy of being empowered by people who believe in you early on before you believe in yourself and before you see gifts in yourself, which I know she has done for me and for every other counselor and camper she has come in contact with. She'll share that believing in the gifts of others champions the spirit of God within them. Today we have Chris Howard, also known as Two Mama, on the show. So Two Mama, can you explain your name to those who do not know? Okay, I'll start there because it actually happened at camp, so it's a camp story. My oldest grandson is John Luke, who, as you know, is now the executive director out here. And who would have thought that when he was a little toddler running around? But when he was born, he called me Mama and Corey Mama, both of us Mama. For the longest time and we couldn't get him to say anything else and then after Sadie was born I was down here at camp with him Corey had been taking care of brand new baby Sadie and she came to pick him up and he didn't want to go which I love because he wanted to be with me and stay with me <laughs> and he just kept saying mama mama and pointing to me and I kept pointing to Corey saying no that mama you're gonna go with that mama and he looked up at me and said to mama and <laughs> literally never wavered from that day on, he called me two mama. Wow. So I think he's just was brilliant and he could already add and said he had two moms. <laughs> now, my husband, who we call two papa, his theory is Corey would refer to our house as let's go to mama's house. Yeah. You know, when she would talk to Willie, she would say, I'm taking the kids to mama's. So perhaps that's true, but I still think he's just brilliant and added up that he had two mamas. He loves like, that. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. So. I've been two mama ever since, all the grandkids. When Sadie was born, she couldn't say the tusk sound. She had a little uh, speech issue with mm. that. And she started calling me Kissy because all the <laughs> nieces and nephews called me Chrissy. Yeah. And she started calling me Kissy. And we thought, well, that's pretty cute. Maybe that'll take over. But it didn't. Two mama <laughs> went out. That's and, it. And now and you're known by millions. Far and wide. Yes. Yes. So camp opened when you were 14 years old and you have been here literally ever since. So what has camp taught you about relationships and people? Literally have been here ever since 1967. And I learned so much about people. Even that very first year I came as a very, very shy teenager, very shy child. Um, I don't even know why I agreed to come other than it was 1967 and in those years your parents kind of tell you where to go they don't ask you (laughs) you know and so mom thought it was a good idea that I would come to this brand new camp opening up in northeast Louisiana I lived in Alexandria a couple of hours away and um, super shy but just from that very moment I had such a connection with all the people here and I just found people who loved God and loved each other and wanted to just 
um, hang out together and do fun activities together that weren't going to get everybody in trouble. And as you know, sometimes what happened at the big, large high school I went to. And so it was just a place to connect with, um, with other people who had the same belief system that I did, which I think it's still, that's what it does today, yes. still today. Of course, back in those days when we went home, we literally didn't connect with those kids until we had a big reunion every year in December. And we would all come back and see our friends because we didn't have Instagram, Facebook. We couldn't even call because it cost money to yeah. call. We had to call long distance so our parents wouldn't let us call our friends. So we just couldn't wait to get back here in December and have a great reunion. And then we'd be back the next summer and continue those relationships that we'd built the summer before. And my closest friends to this day are from that year 50 years ago. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And because technology is such a gift to us that I can keep up with my friends throughout the year. But I know that if I don't, we can still show up. Right. And just start walking alongside each other just the same. Yeah. So how have you learned about building and keeping strong relationships? Um, I think the main thing is it is that communication, however you can do it. I Mm -hmm. have a box of one of my dearest friends passed away a couple of years ago, but I met him that first year at camp. And literally, when he died, his wife gave me his box of letters that I wrote to him for many, many years during all those camp years. And, and which is the same thing like you guys can do now, just, you know, through texting and things like mm-hmm. that. But just staying connected and keeping up with those relationships that are, and that's what makes it meaningful. And that's what makes it be able to last is because through thick and thin, you stick together and you have an interest in You love God together, and you just keep the community. We didn't agree on hardly anything, this friend of mine. We totally were opposite. But just a great love and respect for each other, even in the things we didn't agree on. Yeah. So, you know, instead of just walking away from a relationship because you don't agree with everything, just stick with it because you love the person. Not always that the, their beliefs or something they think about something because we're all going to be different, but celebrate those differences. Yeah, and absolutely. Stay friends because I think it's such commonplace to let friendships be determined by agreeing on things now, and especially with social media, people's viewpoints are broadcasted. But if we just chose people and loved people, I think we'd be way more effective for the kingdom. Yeah, I think so because this particular person was very effective. A kingdom person and yeah. uh, preached for many years, taught Bible, just an amazing person. Um, and but again, we didn't agree on everything. Yeah. But that didn't stop stop us from having a great friendship. I love so. that. And going beyond just friends, so you met two Papa out here. All of your kids went here. Some of them met their spouses, and then now your grandkids and your great grandkids are growing up at camp. What does that generational like view and like just walk through life what does that mean to you that y'all share these experiences that is crazy to think about that as i'm now watching john shepherd who's eight months old out here um after having done that with my children and then my grandchildren and now my great-grandchildren and what i think that speaks to is um commitment to something to seeing something um played out over years whether it's you decided to teach bible at your church or whether you work in the food pantry or whatever it is just when you stick with something long enough for a long time like that then you are able 
to see the fruits of that yeah. play out and see, um, just sit back and go, wow, that was worth every minute of time that I spent in that because now I wouldn't have thought John Luke would be the director of camp. That wasn't something that we all said as a family, we're going to push for, we're yeah. going to pray for anything. We wanted him to take his path, whatever his path was. And so when he decided that camp was his path, of course, we were thrilled and behind him 100%. But we want every one of our children and grandchildren to walk the path that God has for them. But sticking with it and being committed to it, no matter what, through good years and lean years and whatever we've all gone through out here, um, that's what, what allows you to see that generation mm -hmm. of faith played out yeah. like that. And, and I'm not the only one. There's there's several out here who have had parents out here and um, have had uh, grandparents out here yeah. too. So, you know, it's fun to see. Yeah, so sticking with it is important in marriage and family and all these things. What about fostering like deeper connections with your family than a lot of families go? What advice kind of do you have towards that? Um, I think that my mother is 89 and she's so precious. She, she always says, I just want to stay relevant. You know, we're like, mom, we think you are, you're 89. You've got a Facebook page, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok now. I think you're relevant. But I think there is some, something to that. What mom is saying is staying involved and staying connected. And, and I say that to grandparents everywhere. When I speak to them, uh, it's not about walking further away from them as you don't have things in common because you're older and they're younger. It's walking toward each other, finding those things that you have in common, yeah. or again, just embracing the things that you don't have in common and um, letting them teach you the new things while you make them aware of some of the things in the past. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just moving toward each other instead of being, I, I mean, a lot of grandparents are like a little bit afraid like to try to step into that space of their grandchildren because they don't know what that is. And you don't have to know what it is. All they want you to do is like be their biggest cheerleader and love them and stand beside them and um, walk with them in whatever way that looks for you. Yeah. And one of those ways that it's recently looked for you is going viral on TikTok. <laughs> this has yes. been the camp buzz. That is crazy. I did a TikTok with two of my grandchildren from my daughter who lives in um, Huntsville and we did it on our family beach vacation thinking nothing of it and it's gotten up to 4.5 million viewers <laughs> which is like the craziest thing and my mom is on that too so it's just really fun. And it was a one take for it everyone was one take. seen it. That's yeah. the incredible part. We put another one up that took more takes than that, but it didn't go viral like this one did. That's what I've learned with a lot of media things is when you don't try hard. Yeah, that's when it, it just goes. Sticks. Right. That's yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. So then you have a lot of grandchildren, a lot of friends, just a lot of people in your life to love. Do you have any tips on like logistically keeping up with them? Um, that can be a logistical nightmare. Yes. One thing that I've done with um, my kids who live far away is I've, I've shared a Google Calendar with them all through their school year. So mm -hmm. I know everything that's happening to them without having to call and text yeah. and check on them. So if it comes up that they have a dentist appointment, even something so little as that, later in the day I can text, oh, I saw you have a dentist appointment. How, are, you all, are you okay? Was mm -hmm. everything, did you have a good checkup? Or I see they have a volleyball game. I'm not there. Hey, somebody... FaceTime me during the game so I can That's watch so a little smart. bit of the game. You know, just staying connected in whatever ways that you can. And it really is so much easier today than the old days. We've got so many options with being able to text or 
sometimes I'll just text them a prayer, you know, or mm -hmm. I'm praying for you today. I, you've got a big test. I know I'm just praying for wisdom and that everything that you've been studying for will come out for you. You know, just yeah. little things like that to stay connecting. Because it is, I have 14 grandkids and three great grands now. Wow. So it, as you get older, your nets get wider. Yes. <laughs> I started out with three kids and now I'm, I have all these, I have three kids and three in-laws and 14s and three and you know, oh, wow. it's a lot. And my mother is still alive and all my siblings. So mm -hmm. we have a big family and we, of course we do things like I think most families have a group family, you know, text and on yeah. group me and things like that just to help us stay connected to each other. Yeah. And it's incredible because you still wear so many career hats, but I see a prioritization of family and everything that you do. And even just like walking around here at camp when you're kind of at work, but also like you're bringing Avon with you and just letting him like share in that piece of your life, which oh, is so sweet, special. Sweet of you to think about that. And I, I think about my, that really kind of stems even up to like my daddy. Daddy was mm -hmm. such a family person and really stressed that in all of us, that family first over everything. And um, so I think that's a commitment you just, you know, you make to yourself and to your family and um, just try to stick with that because yeah. we really do think that is the most important thing no matter what. And Avon's my youngest grandchild and he's always spent um, June with me out here in training and whatever was going on and working in maintenance and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And he got his driver's license today. So his daddy put on our group me, he said, well, our chauffeuring days are over. <laughs> and I was like, okay, now wait a minute. Now it's time to think about chauffeuring me around. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a real <laughs> reversal. Yeah. One of these days it's going to reverse. But I said, actually, I'm a little bit sad about losing those days. Yeah. So. I don't know if you see any correlation in this, but I know that the Bible shows so much family language and about through the generations. Do you like think about that at all related to your family? I do think about that. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, excuse me on the throat, we're out at camp and it's dusty <laughs> and everything. A couple of years ago, we took the whole family to Israel for um, Christmas. We said no Christmas presents, we're all just going to Israel. And it was like the best trip ever. We've done many family trips, but it's one of the best ever that you can just be walking around where Jesus walked and all the things that happened in the Bible and sharing that together. But one of the places you actually can look down, and I'm now I can't even remember if it was Jerusalem or whatever, but you can look down. They dug a hole, excavated this hole all the way down, and you actually see three civilizations stacked on top of each other. Okay. So it's amazing um, analogy to think about our families because one day someone came up to me and and said, you know, I just want you to know I'm praying over your family, and and what I see for you is your ceiling is their floor. So as high as I can get will be the floor. My children will build oh. their lives on. My grandchildren and children will build on. And it made me really think about that, seeing that in Jerusalem, seeing those. There was one foundation, totally the ceiling of it became the foundation of another civilization. Yes. And that's really how we have to think about living our lives. No matter how old you are now, you're 20, 21, whatever, you are building your foundation. You're laying the foundation right now for what your children will build on and grow on. And as high as we can get, as high as I can get, that's like the beginning for them. And then they're going to wow. just keep going higher and higher. And so I definitely see that all the way through the Bible and all the heritage and the patriarchs and the matriarchs, all in the, all in the Bible. And it just inspires me more and more 
to be that kind of leader for my family. Yes. I remember you saying something last year because we were talking about testimonies and how some people think they don't really have one. And you're like, mine is just that my parents' faith was so solid and strong and the way that they led us by the grace of God. I just grew up loving the Lord and what a testimony that is to their faith because something crazy didn't have to happen for you to love Jesus. Right. I think that's something a lot of people, I think they struggle with it. They think, oh, I don't have a testimony. I don't have a story that I can get up and tell. But if you've got parents and grandparents who raised you in the Lord, that is your story. That is your testimony. And, and you are following in those footsteps, that is your testimony because you saw it lived out one generation, maybe another generation, and then you are walking it out too. There's not a better story. We don't have to jump in the fire to know it's hot. <laughs> yes. You know, we know that's not a thing to do. So we can walk the right path, the path that we've seen before us. Yes. Now, if that doesn't work out for you, You've taken some missteps along the way. That's okay. It's, yeah. You just get right back on the path. So did yeah. the generational people in the Bible a whole exactly. lot. Exactly. <laughs> a lot. A lot, yes. Yes. So kind of switching gears, you said relationships was one of the big things you've learned from camp, but also empowerment. Can yeah. you talk about what that means to you? I love that word empowerment because as a former school teacher, I think that's what teachers really want to do. They want to empower their students to grow on to be bigger and greater things in life and so many think of all the teachers who taught presidents and you know kings and all that kind of thing and so when i think about camp i think about me coming as a little skinny shy 14 year old but coming that very first year and feeling that sense of empowerment from the bible teachers that i met from the counselors who saw more in me than i saw in myself clearly way more than I saw in myself gave me responsibilities that I'm like whoa wait wait did you just ask me you know (laughs) to do that and I think that's what people who don't know you so well are able to do and that's what counselors can do out here I mean even if something is simple and we tell all all you counselors it sounds silly just to say could you sweep that that the cabin for me for a child that's like empowering them and then they can go home and like it sticks in their head. Oh wait, I actually can clean an entire cabin. Yeah. I can scrub a potty. I can throw a football. I can do things that I've never done before. And so with each summer coming to camp, we are empowering them to take what they've walked out out here that may just be built making a craft, mm-hmm. but then you take it into your school, into your friends, into your work world, and you are empowered to become leaders. Yeah, and it's cool because I see that same thing played out at camp as a counselor and people calling things out on me before I see it in my abilities and kind of being thrown into positions. For instance, a podcast, which I've never produced and edited all these things before, but John looks like, I trust you. That's right. She's like, go do it. God's going to equip you. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Yeah. And it's like a little, John Luke says, this is real world out here. I like how he says that because it is. It's like our own community and within communities are how we learn to operate. And we go from one community. Our our first community is, of course, family. Mm -hmm. And that's where we learn to operate with other people. And then our community broadens to school and broadens to work and then possibly the world if you become public office or something like that. So this is a community of sorts out here. And within that community... You have to have people who can do podcasts and do media, who can do crafts, who can teach swimming, who can jump off the diving board, who can throw a football. And so within that community, 
you have to find leaders to rise up to become those people who can teach the yes. next generation. So that's just that that next that's how that generational thing works. Yeah. Yeah. That dynamic is so cool because it really shows the body of believers in action that we need all the parts exactly. to function and the counselors can't do their job well if maintenance and activities and programs aren't functioning to their full capacity. Right. And I know you talk a lot about electives and just training young people and giving them the opportunity to learn new skills. Why is that on your heart? I just love that. That I still kind of that same subject of just empowering people to do things they don't think they can do. Like last year was the first year we had cake decorating as an elective. Nobody on our staff before has ever known how to do that. Yeah. And so we haven't had someone last year. And it was really a very successful, those kids loved that. So it just opened their eyes to something they probably never would have thought they could do. I'd love to follow up with some of them this year and see how they've done <laughs> doing cakes for their family, yeah. that kind of thing. But we like, we like to offer things out here that do that for kids. It's that Sometimes you take something or you're involved in something because you're good at it. And sometimes you do it because you don't know if you're good at it. Sometimes you do it because you're really not good at it and you need to improve. Yes. So sometimes we'll do drama or public speaking or we'll do um, um, some of our uh, more spiritual, more in-depth spiritual yeah. classes, that kind of thing, so that people can just like test the water and see what they want to be. It's kind of like going to junior high, you know, middle school. Middle school is like that. Like, yes. Everything's like offered to you in middle school because you don't, you're not sure. You just mm -hmm. came out of elementary and you're kind of acquiring some skills in the middle school. You're then you're like selecting some more, and then high school you're fine tuning. Yeah. So that's what camp is. And it's cool because the people that learned to make the cakes and decorated them, that was then part of our meal at dinner. So then yeah. they were like, "Wow, my small gift or talent can be contributed to everyone." Because yeah. sometimes we think, "Well, speaking is not my gift. I can't do anything." And that's just not the case. We that's need right. to eat. And yeah. We need other things. Yeah, sometimes we think if we can't sing or dance, because that's what we see so much yes. on TV now and on social media, we think that we don't have a, a gift or a talent, but there's a lot more to do in the world than singing and dancing. Yeah. However, and I do wish I had that. <laughs> Me okay. too. I'm still praying on it. <laughs> I know. But even if we try the things in the electives and we're not good at it, it's cool because when we're having fun with the campers, that's when we build relationships that open up, open up right. to us later. That's right. And it doesn't hurt us to do things that we're not good at. I've always said that out here. Just because somebody doesn't want to do it doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. Yes. So, like, a lot of times counselors say, oh, my kids don't really want my cabin doesn't want to do that. I'm like, but just because they don't want to do it doesn't do mean they shouldn't. <laughs> we have to do things in life all the time that we don't really want to do. Yeah. And so, if it's time to clean the cabin and somebody doesn't want to do it, well... Too bad. One day you're going to have to go to work <laughs> on a day that you don't really want to do it. Yes. So we're also teaching them how to get through things that maybe are not your funnest thing or your best thing or your yeah. greatest skill, but you still have to do it. It's life. Yes, it is. And then one other thing I wanted you to touch on, we talked about this in a staff meeting. When camp opened in 1967, there were lots of racial divides and things happening in the country. And now 50 years later, we're seeing a lot of the same things. And for record, we're recording this in June, so we have no idea what is happening by the time this is released, but will you just kind of speak to that divide and that cycle that we've seen? Yeah, we talked about that at the very first of camp, and like Megan said, we're still in June, so we don't know where we've gone from here, but we all know that we need to get better. We're seeing some of the same uh, protests and um, 
petitions and things that we saw in 1967. In so many ways, it's sad that we haven't gotten farther in 50 years. But on the same, you know, I also can see ways that we have grown as a people and as a nation. So I'm very hopeful that now hearts have been softened and heads have been enlightened and that we can make some great strides this time around as we're back going through some of the same uh, protests that we had 50 years ago. It's time to make some changes. And I think all of us who are believers um, have the right heart and we have to just stand for truth and stand for um, relationships no matter what. It it's not about color. It's about loving each other. And um, someone said, don't make this political. Well, it's, it really isn't political. It really is a heart issue. It's yes. something that all of us need to change our hearts about and speak up and stand up for, for each other as people. Absolutely, it really is just loving our neighbor. It's not political at all. And that's right. That's, I was super overwhelmed kind of when all this started surfacing as I was coming back to Louisiana for the summer. But when John Luke said, he's like, what, what we can do is be here and be the best counselors we can be. And that was just super liberating for me of mm -hmm. if we can raise this next generation to love, exactly. that's what we can do. Yeah, and that's just always been one of our, our things at camp, our our goals at camp, our mission statement at camp is to love God and to love others and to yeah. teach that through everything that we do out here, whether it is playing football or making a craft or in a Bible lesson, we're, we're doing it with kindness and love and respect for everybody out here. Yeah. And it's interesting that that same thing is like happening 50 years later, but also the same thing at camp is happening every single year that people are coming to know Jesus, that people are growing and when you've been here every summer, is there a way that you kind of keep yourself from like getting in a cycle and experiencing the Lord new and having your eyes reopened and like keeping it fresh? Uh, you would think that it wouldn't be fresh <laughs> after 50 years, but it's crazy how driving down that road to camp every time I come down here is like the most exciting thing and the yeah. best thing. But I think that goes back to how much it affected me when I was young. And so for me, that is why I want to keep doing it because it made such an impact on my life as a 14 year old. Um, the fact that I met my husband out here is also amazing, but mainly I met God and I met a, a lot of other great people out here too that carried me through the rest of my life. And so with each year, even though we do the same thing, you're not with the same people. It's always a dip, different atmosphere. It's always, and I know I say it every year, I say, oh, this is the best staff we've ever had. <laughs> and I know I'll say it again this year, but every year God gives us such a great staff. And yeah. so no matter if you're doing the same activity, it's it's different. It's always different. Always fun, always exciting, always new stuff. It it's not the same every year. Yes. Even though we're going to crafts three o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. It's still it's and not pull the same. It too. And yeah. Pull it, yeah. Even though the country store opens it. <laughs> those are the great things. It's like I run into people now who are campers when I was a camper. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun when they say, Do y'all still have elbow day or is the country <laughs> store still there? It's fun for me to be able to say yes. Yeah. Because that's their connection to camp as well as all the other things are there. But it's fun for them to realize, okay, kids are out in the woods doing the same thing yeah. that I did and learning about God and having fun with her friends and sleeping in the same bunks. And, yeah. you know, it's, I just think it's pretty awesome that after 50 years, it's still happening. Absolutely. And God's still the same. The same things work. And I heard one time that we don't receive things as they are. We receive things as we are. And we come back mm -hmm. 
every year as different people. So like we're gonna receive God and receive one another. Yeah, in a different way. Really good. Good. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Good saying. Yeah. So our last two questions. The first one is, what would you go back and tell yourself before ever coming to camp? Oh my word! What would I go back and tell myself? I guess I would probably calm myself down and say, you're going to love it. You're even going to love wearing blue jeans on a hundred degree day. (laughs) We didn't even hit on the wardrobe difference. (laughs) (laughs) Back then we had to wear jeans every day. It was like so hot. But, you know, just telling myself that, you know, this is going to be the best experience you've ever had and not be so nervous. I remember coming down that road just like, butterflies so mm-hmm. nervous about meeting people and, and all that and then of course I'm like a lot of campers I was like a lot of campers now they come in like that and then when their parents tend to pick them up they don't want to go home because they've had such a great experience and you never really did go home this became your I never <laughs> did actually <laughs> some people go home but you've been I- out there in girls for hours <laughs> for 53 years yeah. yes and then in a couple months from now, when you're missing the camp community, when you're missing the campers, what are the things you tell yourself to kind of go back to the spiritual place that we build here? Well, the fun thing about now, the last few years since John Luke's come on board, is we don't have much downtime. Mm-hmm. We're back with our team pretty quickly, and we just love that. We're able to um, get together, you know, every week, every day, whatever, and, and build on that. But just thinking back at the different activities that we will do this summer, we haven't done them yet as, as this recording is being done. But thinking back, like I can still think back at spiritual activities that we did last summer and summers in the past and lives that were changed and friends that I met and you know, just keeping those memories alive and nice. connecting to people. And you know, like I said, I love that we get to work on that really year round. Yeah. We used to do that year-round, but kind of in our brain, like the first um, after camp was <laughs> over. And then in January, we would just yes. kick it up and work. But now we're, we're year-round out here. I so love that. That's fun. It brings me comfort during the school year to remember that things are going on at camp and just as I hear little updates. We're out here. Yes. <laughs> but can I pray for us? Yes. Jesus, thank you so much for camp. Thank you for this home that you've given us and just for the generations of leaders and the followers of you that have grown from just walking around these campgrounds and experiencing you in different ways. Lord, I pray that you would continue to strengthen our campers, strengthen their families, so that we would become like the families we read about in the Bible, that we could just have testimonies um, of our love for you based on the love our parents have for you, and that we could be so inspired for that. And I thank you for the way that I see that in Mama and all of her family. Lord, we pray over our campers that they feel empowered and loved when they step on these campgrounds and that they feel that same empowerment year-round so that they're able to use the skills that you've given them for the kingdom in all of the ways that are little and big that you've invited them into. And Lord, finally, we pray over every racial divide, every lack of love in this world. We pray that as Christians, we would be the ones to step forward, that we would love our brothers and sisters better, and that we would bring your kingdom to earth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank y'all so much for listening. Since the kingdom is not built in the media room, it is our hope that you take these ideas into real life conversations with friends, family, and the Lord. Be sure to find us anywhere you can scroll at Camp Yoga and live knowing that you are loved.